There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hi and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast that is recorded now every single Monday afternoon live at King's Comics in Sydney, 403 George Street. Wow, I nailed it. I remembered it. Good Twi- job. Twice in a row. It's very impressive. My name's Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coombs. And every week we read all of the comics so you don't have to. Never read a word again, thanks to your good friends, Levins and Siobhan. Phew, this is the best way to consume comic books, 100% for sure. Just take our opinions of these books uh, as Bond and, uh, and and continue on with your lives, never reading another thing again. But definitely buy them. Just, yeah, of course, obviously buy support Buy them and your then put them in a fire. No, don't yeah. do it. <laughs> <laughs> buy them and hoard them. Yeah, People yeah, yeah. People like... like Potential partners, romantic partners, love hoarders. Absolutely. And hoarders anything, are in. <laughs> and if anything, the speculator market is really good for comics. So you should just buy them and put them in a box and never look at them again. But listen to us tell you which ones we liked and did not like. Yes, please. Which is what we do every single week on Serious Issues. And I'm going to cut the usual back and forth informalities that we normally begin each show with. Because I know that the entire uh, yeah, world yeah, yeah. is just like, you know. Gagging. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. The entire world has been talking about uh, a certain uh, Batawang. Uh, That's probably the best one, right? Yeah. Batawang I mean, I mean, probably the best it, one. It doesn't be the classic Bat Dong, of no, course. No, no, of course. Um, everyone's been talking about it, and of course, no one, of all the many, many uh, articles that I read about Batman's penis in yeah. the last week, yeah. not one person thought to consult who I regard as the leader in, in, in a team of experts of, of comic book dongs. Yeah, thank you. Siobhan Coombs. I was really offended. I was really offended not to be asked, yeah, of frankly. Um, I really thought I would have been consulted mm-hmm. beforehand. Absolutely. You know what's really funny is that we've had a, um unlettered copy of this in the back room at King's for like three months and we're all like, oh yeah, that looks cool and just flick through it and none of us noticed the wang. None of us <laughs> noticed. <laughs> Hilarious. So we're talking, of course, about uh, the newest or the first ever book on DC's Black Label. Ooh, that, black, um, like for adults. The uh, Scott Sean Murphy uh, Batman book is, is like posthumously. Oh, really? Posthumously. Yep. Posthum- yep. Th- thank you. You've got to correct me when I fuck sorry, words up because it happens a lot. <laughs> um, has been they've kind of gone back and, and oh, changed and history so that it's now a DC Black. Right. This is the first new series under the DC Black label, which is comics are for adults now, guys. Yeah. All right, guys, comics aren't for kids anymore. Um, and so this new comic is called Batman Damned. It's written by Brian Azzarello uh, with art by Lee Bermejo, 
who uh, the two of them teamed up for two books, uh, two graphic novels uh, through DC, back when graphic novels were for adults. Mm. Before comics were for adults, but, but graphic novels were for adults. And, uh, they now they're only for tweens. Joker and, uh, and Luther. Yeah. Um, and uh, Batman Damned is, would you believe it, it's the first ever book to show us a dark side of Batman. <laughs> Uh, do we want to talk about the plot or just skip straight to the dong? Let's do a, let's do a mini, mini plot uh, recap because I really liked this. Okay, cool. Regardless of dong. I did not Oh, really? All. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, I love this creative team. I love the like, I love Lee Bermejo. I think that's my key thing. I really think his art is like super gorgeous, mm-hmm. really beautifully painted. It's like static for sure, but it looks amazing. Okay, for me, I mean, this is entirely personal taste. I think yeah. I, the craft in this like you know it was it was well written except for Constantine I thought it was written terribly um, he was barely in it he was except the for fucking the narrator, narrator. <laughs> what are you talking yeah, true. about <laughs> true <laughs> maybe, um, maybe that's telling that I didn't even like connect that with Constantine really yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, and obviously yeah Bermejo's art's really good it's not my like painted, painted style's not really my kind of thing yeah, but yeah. of all the ones to do it he's one of my like more preferred absolutely uh, artists in that realm for me it's just like I hate that like every single like time it's like oh no this is a dark version of Batman oh we're doing yeah. a new Batman story but this is a dark version <laughs> of Batman like, like this week in the regular Batman book <laughs> yeah. a, a Batman who is like still like unstable after being left at the altar by his true love his best friend got shot in the head yes why do yes. we need a darker Batman book than that I don't understand also I wouldn't say that Nightwing was his best friend I would say it was his like adoptive son but continue. Who went on to become his do- best friend. He adopted... I adopted my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> you and Angus? Yeah, I find... Angus is your son. Yeah, he, I, yeah I, find, uh, I find the victims of, uh, of uh, tra- trapeze <laughs> accidents. Killings, and then I adopt them, and then I make them my best friend. <laughs> That's how I find friends. As but, an adult, it's hard. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many examples of, like, DC going, like, okay, let's do a dark version yeah, I know, of this. I know, I know. It's, it's super goofy, but out of it, we got Batman's penis. So that's something, right? We got, and I quite like this. Even his I, penis is dark, because in the shadows. I, I'll say, how dare you? How dare you try and sell this as, like, the first look at Batman's penis, and we just see the shadow of it? How very dare you, They've DC? announced. They've announced... That they're like from all future printings of this, which yeah. this, this is going to become like one of the more valuable comics of the year. I know, which is stupid. But it's hey, the dumbest thing if you're I, a hoarder, as, which is in right now, so sorry if you're a speculator, but I hate no, you. I don't. You know, like, I it's fine. You. We made a joke about it, encouraging it all, but you, it is the worst kind of comic book reader. It really because they don't read them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, like all future printings are not going to feature the dong anymore. Which is so weird. What's the point? Do What's a the version point of having this be a... Like, has there been a massive outcry against the dong? As far as I can tell, it's just been pro-dong. Yeah, 100% pro-dong. So I don't really understand what the, what the big hoo-ha is. Well, well talk hoo-ha? about it, yeah. <laughs> what, what, how, what do you think of the size of Batman's, okay. Batman's hoo-ha? Um, I have my personal opinions about what I think it should be like. Yep. For me, not quite big enough. Okay. Not quite irregular enough. Oh, You know right. what I mean? It's like... I've always thought, and this is hard because we're on the shop floor, but I've always thought, guys, that it would be intimidatingly large, uh-huh. but, like, there's got to be something wrong with it. Okay, There's sure. got to be something wrong with it. So, like, really bent, a little bit shriveled, a little bit, like, grey, you Two know? Two urethras. Like, he's been kicked in How the How does penis. that work? <laughs> Five balls. He's been kicked so many times there. Something's got to be, like, not 100% right, you know? Yeah, sure. Surely. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought it was too, too, um, too perfect. <laughs> right, perfect, <laughs> the perfect silhouette of a dong. Um, that, those are my notes. Those are my notes. Bameho, feel free to take them. Hey, we said, yeah, we actually said silhouette of a dong last week, and that's yeah, exactly yeah. what we get from Batman this Absolutely. week too. Absolutely, um, we're future tellers. 
Yeah. That's what they're called. Um, but I thought this was like, yeah, it was definitely moody. It was like... Yes, yeah, so we haven't actually done our, our, our plot recap. Yeah, what happens in it? <laughs> exactly. It's like, so, all right, so uh, Batman gets the shit kicked out of him and yeah. falls off a bridge. He's all fucked up. And then when he comes to, he, he, learns, yeah. he learns that the Joker has died um, and his body has been found on the same bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Oh, he, yeah, and he's like, did I kill the Joker? Who oh, killed the Joker? No. Who knows? Constantine is his kind of like unreliable narrator, kind of guiding him through this mystery that he has to solve. Um, and we get flashbacks to Batman, sorry, Bruce Wayne, oh, throughout yeah. his life seeing a literal demon. Seeing a spooky girl. Like straight out of like the ring or something like that. Yeah, like a little spooky girl with a hat on. Um, and also his, uh, his, uh, his dad, Thomas oh, Wayne. yeah, his dad was doing it with another infidelity, lady. Infidelity, everybody. What's more, what's more black label than infidelity? So, I, I just, it just like, it, I don't know. Why can't we get it? Yeah. yeah, I know. Why can't we have like a happy-go-lucky Batman who just solves crimes about or puppies? Like, I don't know. I just like, there, there are ways to do like adult themes, but see, without rather, being dark. I, I rather this. I rather this sort of like adult themes darkness than what Tom King does, which is like punch you in the face with some darkness in the middle of a fucking Mister Miracle story. You know what I mean? More on that later. Mm. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm curious. I've loved a lot of Azzarello things in the past. His 100 Bullets is one of my favorite runs of all time. And I loved his, even more, like, you know, a lot of people shit on what he's done recently, but they forget that his Wonder Woman run during New 52 was like yes. one of the best things of New 52. And like the Batman story in Flashpoint. That yeah, was that, pretty dark that was and that too. was pretty genius. Yeah. Um, but uh, this just felt to me like, like not very... In, in, inspiring at all, like I loved to, it, to guys. You guys, loved it? I loved it. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give it another shot for a second issue. Um, I also like, like I like the format. It's like in, uh, bigger pages. I think it looks gorgeous. I think the like tone of it is really it's like spooky Gotham detective shit. Plus Constantine, great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Azarello wrote Constantine uh, during Hellblazer's run. Uh, he was the first American to write the character. Uh, and, and it he didn't did, go well. He did not understand the character at all. And I don't think he does. He does a little bit better now, but I still don't think he... Uh, so he just needs a British person to, like, check, check certain sentences with. <laughs> yeah, my key thing is, like, I, I always see the, their collaborations as, like, Lee Mayho books more than um, Azarello books. And my main critique would be, I think that the lettering is a little bit um, intrusive on some panels. Sure. Um, but other than that, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it, it has a lot of our favorite kind of like uh, dark universe characters, is what you would call it, the dark, the mystical side of these. Oh, yep, 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 yep. So you've got Zatanna in yes, here. Yes, please. Um, Dead Man, I thought, was used quite well in this. Um, and I like that design where he's like all muscle. Cool. Yes. Um, uh, the Spectre shows up. Very weird version of the Spectre. Uh, oh, I didn't even connect that that was the Spectre. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are some interesting ideas in here. I guess um, maybe they'll connect with me in the second issue. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I just uh, I would have rathered more penis. Yeah, same. I would love it if in the second issue there was way more dong. And they yeah. were like, yeah, no second printings of that have no dongs as well. Ha, ha, ha. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's Batman Damned. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure most people just know of this as the dick comic. <laughs> and it's not the only dick comic this week. Cause, really? Because, well, I mean, there's in like a comic with dick. Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Grayson. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, good. But it is the only Dong Watch for the week, I think. I think so. Unfortunately. There been, there been better Dong Watches. One day we'll do a best Dong Watches yeah, in cool. comics. I'd like that. Really? Okay, sure. All right, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> um, over to uh, and by the way, get get used to me complaining about comics for the next at least the first like half of this episode. Let's do it. Uh, number ones can be brutal, and yeah. uh, this week p- packed a few a punches. Uh, so over to Marvel right now, we have a few number ones, um, including uh, the return of Wolverine. Which featured Finally. like which featured thirty variant covers of just Wolverine wearing various outfits, uh, but not my favorite outfit. No, what's that? Um, cowboy boots, cowboy hat, uh, underpants, nothing else. Okay, good. Of course, um, Return of Wolverine, written by Charles Soule, with art by Steve McNiven. Love Steve McNiven. Um, what could go wrong? A lot of things, yes. specifically hair. This is the worst. <laughs> no, but I like it. I like the idea that like Wolverine's hair just keeps growing in that formation. Like it's just massive. It's, it's now so most insane. of his head. Look at Come his on, head. I so, love that. It is bizarre. I love that. You're wrong if you don't like that. That's what Wolverine is about. <laughs> Where's his head? <laughs> <laughs> He's been dead for ages, got, he like but his hair kept growing. He's got really long toenails as well. He has more it's plumage horrible. than Beast. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good, everyone. Um, this one's been inked by Jay Leaston, Leaston and colours by Laura Martin. Um, and yeah, so uh, after for years of Wolverine being dead, he's finally back, um, except uh, he is his memories are wiped. Stop me if you've heard this Classic before. Classic Wolverine. <laughs> uh, he wakes up covered in blood. He's killed everybody and uh, a dying scientist... Uh, begs him to uh, remember who he once was that he was a hero yeah and uh, so this is about Wolverine trying to get his memories back and save the day while he gets flashes of basically they, they, they stole something from uh, uh is excellent um, uh, what was the X-Men legacy um, run which was all about yep um, big hair big hair guy David Hellier um, Legion yep. Legion and in, in that he used like because Legion has all these multiple personalities he mm-hmm, keeps mm-hmm. them locked up in his head mm-hmm. as like a jail cell um, and so Wolverine uh, has done the same so okay. all of his memories are represented by various uh, either versions of himself so Weapon X is in, oh, he's locked up probably in his we- Weapon X nude Wolverine sorry that's my favorite okay, sure. nude, okay, don't Continue. watch <laughs> um and uh, yeah, like the, the, basically, d- different mutants represent different parts of his personality, and so he slowly unlocks different ones uh, throughout this uh, this issue. Um, that part of it is interesting. The mm. actual bare bones p- plot of what this return series is just feels just like I feel like I've read just it before. Just bring it back, and like it, it does not matter what bullshit reason you come up with that he is back from the dead. It doesn't matter. No one cares. This is not going to be a classic. Just bring him back. They, you know, uh, Death of Superman style. Yeah, but they, they they already brought him back in that like pretty good Marvel Legacy one shot last yeah. year. Yeah, he's just suddenly back and he yeah, he's like, back. Put, a, put a can of beer in an ice um, giant. Yes, Frost exactly. Giant. He's stuff. got really long hair now, really big hair. More than what, it gets bigger what? and bigger like as the issue progresses. Like I know from by the end, panel. by the final panel, you're <laughs> like, whoa! That is the most ridiculous picture. <laughs> what you don't see is the off panel. What would he's you been, do like, if you saw that looked like that? I would marry them. That is exactly what I would do. All right. Gentlemen, you so know what to do. the only way I'll ever get married. <laughs> <laughs> That's Return of Wolverine. Again, another one that I didn't like, but I'm still going to keep reading because I'm an idiot <laughs> I and I suck to. of a punishment. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably keep reading it. Marvel, but I like Steve McNiven, so yeah, I'm sure. down. Uh, Marvel also gave us uh, three other number ones this week. Uh, two uh, annuals, and the other was the first of the Infinity, War- Infinity Warps. Infinity, Infinity Warps. Um, and uh, we're getting, I think this is a two-parter um, of like these... Uh, they're not quite Elseworlds. They're not quite what ifs. Basically, they're um, not quite amalgams. In uh, Infinity War, Infinity Wars, um, 
the universe has been folded onto itself and so characters have merged with other characters and so the first one we get is Soldier Supreme which is the mashup of Doctor Strange and Captain America um, and uh, this was a hilariously quick moving uh, like kind of yeah. like recap of the history of this character um, and then we're kind of presented with like basically like yeah we, we have like uh, Wong and Bucky have, have kind of been merged as well Red Skull and Dormammu yeah um, and, uh, I didn't like this. This isn't for me. This felt like lazy and boring. The thing is, like, I thought it was fine, but when you compare it to like Jerry Duggan, who wrote this, he, he he's done other like weird, fun mashup worlds. Like he did that excellent 1872 miniseries during Secret oh, Wars, yeah, yeah. Oh, which yeah. is like the Western setting uh, Marvel yeah. characters one. That was great, and I, yeah, I was, was kind cool. of like, oh, maybe he can, you know, knock this one out of the park too. I didn't dislike it. It was just fine. It's yeah, it doesn't need to exist. But if this is something <laughs> that uh, that that appeals to you in any way, like you won't be that disappointed it's just yeah, like totally. what, it's exactly what, what you expect from this kind of thing um, yeah and really, by Adam Cubitt and I'm not the biggest so Adam Cubitt he's, he's the Cubitt I prefer Adam, yes he's Adam my preferred Cubitt but uh, I'd still prefer Joe <laughs> uh, and Good Colors by Matthew Wilson too I'll read the second one of this but I well, don't need, you don't even need to you can do it with like one eye open yeah, while, also, like, multitasking. I found this, like, semi-exhausting how many characters they tried to fit in of, like, look, and then it's these two guys together, like, like Nick Fury and Dum Dum Dugan and stuff, and you're just like, ah, oh, come on. What, what, what's the, what do you gain from mashing those two guys up? Uh, you lose an eye. <laughs> yeah. You lo- but yeah. you gain a mustache. Great. Um, so, speaking of Captain America, um, we've got the Captain America annual this week, uh, which has been written by uh, Teeny Howard, with art by Chris Sprouse. And, Is it uh, the first time a woman's written Captain America? Uh, possibly. Um, Penciled by Ron Lim, with inks by Carl Story, Walden Wong, and Scott Hanna, and colours by Jesus Abertov, Eric Arciniega, and Israel Silva. Uh, a big team working on this. Uh, it's certainly Teeny Howard's first time writing not just Captain America, but also a Marvel comic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is her first one ever, uh, and she pitched it. Basically, it is about... Um, it's a World War II-era Captain America comic about him saving some, saving some people from Nazis. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's linked to Teeny Howard's uh, ancestors. Uh, she's descended from European Rom- Romanians uh, who lived in the areas of Germany, Austria, and what was then called Czechos- Czechos- Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. Um, and so, so when she pitched this, she learned that um, the artist, Christopher Sprouse, um, that his wife is of the same oh, cool. lineage as well. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a really like, you know, it's a really sweet um, World War II set Captain America story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It certainly doesn't reinvent, you know, the story in any way, but there was something just kind of nice. There, there, you can read a familiar feeling story and it either kind of like it, there's a nostalgia that, and as you reminisce, I guess, as you For read sure. it. Or you can be like, oh, I fucking read this before, which is how I felt during the Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. And, the, and that man damned this week. But um, Yeah, I really liked... Um, I liked... Like, this is very much like more character-driven thing. Um, and I like that there were some like really great moments with these different people who were all targeted by the Nazis for various reasons. Um, and I thought it was handled really well and it was engaging and it was uh, action packed. You know, I thought this was a really solid, really solid annual. Yeah. And it wasn't just like the Nazis are bad. Let's continue. It was like, these are some of the reasons the Nazis are bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In case you need reasons, friends, <laughs> in case you weren't aware. Um, and yeah, a great a great depiction of Captain America yeah. within this uh, annual. It's cool. Hopefully, Tini Howard gets some more Marvel work out of this. Yeah, I like, absolutely. I, take on it. I like them testing out different creators on these annuals. I think it's a good call. But for me, this just felt like it just felt like a classic Captain America comic. Whereas normally, when you get a new writer to it, it feels like, oh, what are they trying to do with it here? Like this yeah, is just, yeah, this yeah. just them just like, yeah, just like okay, I'm, I'm going to do my like slightly different take on this very well loved 
Captain America story. Like that time Captain America was a werewolf. That could have lasted for longer. Um, the first or the second time it happened? Recently? That I was guess that was the second time. When Sam Wilson was yeah, a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. Um, Amazing Spider-Man uh, got an annual this week, um, written by... Uh, Saladin Ahmed, our good bro. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know uh, why I decided he's my friend. Bro? He's my friend now. Gary Brown uh, on art and Lee Luridge on colours. Um, Saladin Ahmed uh, tweeted an amazing response to uh, a lot of online hate he got after being a um, Muslim writer. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you be writing Spider-Man? Brown and Sorry, Spider-Man. maybe he's a brown writer. Sorry if I'm just adding, adding words that I shouldn't. But, um, yeah, this is... Uh, uh, a really, really fun uh, uh, Spider-Man book um, about Venom. classic about, yeah. Venom story set in set in the past when Venom was first bonded um, with Spidey in the black suit days after the first Secret Wars event. Yep. Yeah, and uh, again, like you know, trading familiar territory, but he really brought something new to this. This is basically Absolutely. suggested that while I, I didn't read Spider-Man comics at the time, so maybe this happened, but. Um, while Spider-Man was sleeping, the symbiote suit took over his body and took him out to fight crime um, because he wanted. But in to a much more vicious style than Spidey normally would. Yeah, and in this one, he can conf- he like kind of finds a friend in a young young guy who's been caught up in in, in, in like a crime world mm-hmm. and saves his life and kind of he, the, the boy becomes his moral compass. Um, it was really really cool. Yeah, and I like the perspective of Venom being like, ah, cool, Spider-Man's my friend, and him like Venom having to go through the process of being like oh okay my friend needs to sleep all right i'll stop taking him out at night but that's the point where spidey's like oh no get him off me so he's like why is my friend rejecting me now i'm gonna punish him i liked it it was really really fun really Really gorgeous art too yeah and uh yeah incredible art by um gary brown um who i don't think i've seen do much superhero comics before reminded me a lot of the um uh sean phillips um marvel zombies stuff Ah. Um, yep absolutely yeah i really liked it he's a good good choice for a venom book yeah. Um, so hopefully we see Ahmed and Brown uh, doing more Spidey stuff in the future. I hope so. Uh, over to IDW now um, for a book that I didn't even realize was coming out until last week. Um, and it is a, a Dick Tracy book. Of course, the um, famous kind of pulpy strip mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. comic book hero um, that was uh, famously uh, like one of the first comic book movies uh, in, yeah. the, in the late 80s. Warren Beatty played Dick Tracy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mad- Madonna's, Madonna's in it. it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a stinker. Yeah. Uh, an absolute turkey. Um, and bombed at the old box office and all that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Dick Tracy, uh, people still love this, or at least know what this character looks like in their it's head iconic. forever. It's iconic. Yeah. Um, and the creative team on this is, um, it's been written by Lee and Michael Ored. Um, and we have p- um, pencils by Rich Tommaso. Yep. Um, He's been posting sketches of um, his, like, uh, pencils for a really long time. So I've been, like very hyped for this yeah um, and uh, of course Richard Marceau if, you, if you're listening to the show you know that we've been huge fans of everything we've read from him in like the last two years including Spy Seal mm-hmm. and um, Dry County Dry County and the other ones She-Wolf She-Wolf yeah great stuff um, yeah. and uh, inked by Michael Alred and colours by Laura Alred so it's like a Alred family affair with yeah. Rich Tommaso along for the ride Her, crazy their, their cousin Rich Tommaso <laughs> <laughs> um or maybe his parents died in a trapeze accident we can and only they adopted hope. him as, as their best friend. These <laughs> things happen all the time. Um, so <laughs> this is a, uh, a new book called Dick Tracy, Dead or Alive. Um, and uh, it is not really doing that much different in the way of, of, of stories. Like if you've read a Dick Tracy strip, this doesn't 
stray too They're far not from reinventing the wheel. It's more, it's more of like a homage. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you've read much of uh, Lee and Michael Orrod's writing, especially like Madman and that kind of stuff, you'll know that that's the kind of writing they like. This very mm. hearkening back to Golden and Silver Age, where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all characters kind of like say what they're thinking as they do it. And yes. sometimes I can find it quite exhausting, like that. Um, the Young Animal series they did, uh, the Bug Forager oh, yeah, Bug yeah, yeah, yeah. series. I found that I found that really exhausting. Yeah. Um, but uh, this, I just found an absolute treat. So fun, and I love the like, um, like <laughs> semi. Hard to say when it's set because yes. everyone has like mobile phones, but also he's still using like a Tommy gun. Yeah, I love it. That was so great. No, it's like it, it feels like it's set in the past, except they have mobile phones. Like that's yeah. like the only thing. But only they still also do um, executions. Yes, <laughs> capital punishment still exists. So yeah, basically, like um, uh, Dick Tracy stops a um, uh, one of his like main main villains at the beginning mm-hmm. of this was his name Big Boy, um, and then uh, watch he and he he and the police watch as Big Boy is uh, is put to uh, put to death put to death via electrocution. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, something something a bit weird happens when, mm-hmm. uh, when when it all goes down. And it looks like this is going to be like almost like a gauntlet of each week. Dick Trace is going to have to take down one of his kind of like classic ba- ba- uh, villains. I hope so. Um, and uh, it's really quirky and fun. And Rich Tommaso's art, like it really pops with uh, the yeah. colors that Mike has given him. It looks like a Mike Allred book and well. a Rich Tommaso book. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's killer. It's such a great combo, and I'm. I, I'm, I'm I hope this is like the first of many collaborations between the two of them because yeah. I, I don't know what it, what it is about the art together, but it makes the kind of throwback um, it gives his, writing a lot more digestible for me. Yeah, um, Tomaso's like having uh, Aura do the inks gives a, a bit more like depth mm-hmm. and like weight, I think, to um, Tomaso's pencils, and I think it just looks gorgeous. Yeah, I love I love all the character designs. Like yep. Tomaso gets really weird with some of them. Yep, um, and I can't wait to see where this book goes. And they seem to be having so much fun with his nose. Yes, this is, this is like my fun fun surprise. Definitely my favorite number one issue of the yeah, week. Easy. Although um, I found a, a very surprising uh, enjoyment in a book called <laughs> Burnouts yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah. This uh, out, came out through Image. Um, it was uh, written by Dennis Culver with art by Jeffo. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name. That's so good. Jeffo. Jeffo. Um, it's spelled like G-E-O, like the weird Jeff. G-E-O. G-O-F-O. <laughs> G-O-F-O. Um, and uh, yeah, so Burnouts is a book about like uh, like it's about a, a, drugs, guys. Yeah, but it's, uh, so it's seen through the eyes of a uh, a teenager at high school who is you know always always on the good path, and um, his like limited interactions with the burnouts at his school, the rebel kids who get fucked up all day and get in trouble with their teachers and the police outside of school. Um, and uh, at a house party that he that he sneaks out of home to go and attend, our um, our very straight hero. Um, is past a joint for the first time in his life, and he when, takes a marijuana, guys. When he when he takes one marina, marijuana, marijuana um, he is able to see aliens. Yeah. And as he's losing his mind over this discovery, um, the burnouts from his school show up and start beating the shit out of the people who are in ha- who are taken over by these aliens. And we learn that the reason that they are burnouts is so they can like save the world, basically. Yeah. Although. The aliens only showed up like a week ago. So I think before that they were just burnouts right. for the sake of being a sweet burnout. Um, I really enjoyed this yeah, way more than I thought. Too. I thought this was going to be lame. But then it was like classic teen movie plus alien sci-fi. Yeah. Great. Good fun. Really, really fun. So yeah, we, our, our hero gets home at the end of the uh, ep- ep- issue and uh, his, uh, his parents, um, not only are they busting him for, for, sk- for j- getting out of uh, the house, to the, sticking up to this party, but they're mm. also... Um, now they're aliens too. Yes, inhabited, They've been by aliens. inhabited by aliens. 
I was going to say, like, the cover is not as good as the interiors. The cover's by Chris Burnham. That's crazy. Yeah, he's on all the covers for these. Yeah, I, yeah, it's... Weirdly coloured or something. Just weirdly structured as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, a, a surprisingly good book. Um, did you read Impossible Incorporated this week? No. It's through IDW. I just couldn't be bothered. I looked at it and I went, hmm, I well, can't be bothered. It's, uh, it's written by J.M. DiMatteis. Yep. Who has done... Loads of shit. Loads of shit. Like a lot of DC stuff that we liked back in the day. Yep. Um, uh, art is by someone who I'm not as familiar with, Mike Cavallaro. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I read this because of the art. It looks so... I don't know what it, what, what it reminded me of. I guess like Derek Charm by way of like a lot of my favorite Cartoon Network properties. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and basically this is uh, like a, you know, a young adult uh, superhero book um, in which like the equivalent of a Reed Richards father type um, is experimenting with like time travel and he goes on a ver- oh, voyage no. that he never returns from. Okay. And so uh, his daughter is now the hero of this book. She still works at Impossible Incorporated. Um, and uh, this book basically culminates in her, her best friend, and uh, an elderly uh, figure um, going, using the same same thing that, that her father used 11 years ago to, to, to go and try and find him. Because none of them can let go of the, the idea of getting their, their, her father back. Mm. Um, and there were definitely parts of this that were overwritten. It has a... Uh, it's narrated all the way all the way throughout by the main character you could and I started doing this you don't need to read her narration and the book reads fine as a comic without that so hopefully we lose the narration altogether in future issues but as a young reader maybe you need that extra writing to kind of better grasp I I definitely think uh, no matter what you say it was still fairly overwritten but um, I I thought the the story and indeed the art was super charming Um, I might give this another issue or two Cool. Um, yeah, it's called Impossible Incorporated. And if you're looking for a, uh, a good way to introduce a, a teenager into, into kind of indie comics, I guess, this mm-hmm, is a good, mm-hmm. good way to get him into it. Um, over to Aftershock now, and we get uh, a book called... Patience, Conviction, Revenge. Is that what it's actually called? That's it what is. it's called, yeah. yeah. Fuck, wow, okay, sure. Uh, this is written by Patrick Kindlin and uh, Marco Ferrari. Um, they're the co-creator, He's a car. writer, and artist. He's a car. Written by, it's drawn, drawn by a car. Um, with uh, colours by Patrizia Camino. I've enjoyed a lot of Aftershock books lately and um, I was like, oh, cool, this one might be good. And it's like a, a, um, like a cyberpunk western. Yeah. Um, and that should appeal to me, I guess. Uh, yeah. Cow- robot Cowboys. Yeah, Robot Cowboys. I sort of enjoyed this, but it was pretty overwritten. Again, yeah. Um, and the like reveal at the end wasn't that cool or worth it yeah maybe i just yeah i think it was the the the, the, the just the, the the genre is more appealing to me than this book yeah totally so i still want i still Cyberpunk want someone Westerns, to make this but, but make it better yeah so and look, the problem with first issues and the fact that we read all of them is that it is hard to get in the like frame of mind to go okay shit there's gonna be a lot more exposition in this issue than the yeah. rest of the books that i i'm already on board for reading because yeah. i'm you know 10 issues deep in this series or whatever but, you know, who knows? Maybe this is a series that does get better with each issue. But as a Maybe. first issue, it wasn't enough to, uh, to win me over as a reader. There are a couple of jokes that they just, like, hammered into the ground. Yeah. The, and I was like, ugh. The slang I and really humour wasn't, 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 yeah. I wasn't a fan of. Um, finally, last number one uh, is one from another uh, imprint that I've been a big fan of in the past. And so I was looking forward to this. Um, Burger Books. Karen Berger's uh, Dark Horse imprint, which has given us great books uh, that we reviewed last week. Like mm-hmm. She Could Fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, that other one. The other one that I really liked last week. Whatever. This is a good books. Um, Olivia Twist is written by Darren Strauss um, with uh, Adam Dalva. And then we have Emma 
Viacelli on art with Lee Lowridge showing up again as colorist. Uh, the art is wonderful, um, but this is a uh, what modern... if Oliver Twist had a vagina? No, it's like not oh. just like gender swapped Oliver Twist. Um, it is a dystopian future. Oh God, Olivia Twist. Okay, it was exhausting. Yeah. Um, uh, that said, Oliver has never been a story that really appealed to me. Um, I, I like Oliver and Company, the, um, the, oh, yeah. the Disney movie that no one else likes with the cats and one of the voices is Billy Joel. <laughs> I think he's the voice of a dog. <laughs> that does sound bad. Um, I, 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 it was one of the first movies I saw with my parents and I, it's uh, one of those ones that I can't, I will never let anyone tell me it's not Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Fair um, enough. Cheech and Chong are voices. <laughs> it's extremely of its time. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, Olivia Twist, not as good as Oliver and Company. Yeah. <laughs> What a glowing recommendation. Um, so, uh, Siobhan, okay. that is it for the number ones. Wait, uh, I did remember the thing. Hang on one second. Siobhan has remembered the thing. And, of course, the thing refers to the dice that was very lovingly given to us by Brad Love. Because every uh, episode at this moment, we roll a dice to figure out if we should review Marvel, DC, or Image next. And, thankfully, the use of a very magical uh, three-sided die allows us to do exactly that. Before we roll that die, though, which Siobhan is trying to find out the back in the new uh, King's, Co- King's Comics offices, I want to let you know that if you want to argue with us about any of the new series, maybe, uh, maybe you were a big fan of The Damned and want, me, want to tell me that I'm, uh, I'm uh, politely incorrect, sir. Um, actually, can you be politely correct? Politely tell me I'm incorrect. You can do so at Politefully? Facebook. Politely? Politely. Yep, that's a word. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast is the official Serious Issues group where you'll be able to find... Uh, thousands of uh, comic book readers just like you. Um, a few cute things that have happened because of the group this week. You DJed at someone's wedding. That's very and true. someone else from the group was the photographer. That's very true. And then also, two people met up at a convention in the UK. At Thought Bubble. And thought one of them bought you a Keanu Reeves t-shirt. t-shirt. I'm so fucking excited. Thank you, Rebecca. You're a legend. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of magical things happen in the yep. series, which is comic book group. And if, you've, if you're a fan of the show, you should be a member of the group too. It's facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. Siobhan, please roll the dice. Absolutely. It's been a while since you've rolled it. I know. You I just handed it to me. Marvel. Marvel first. Then DC. Then DC, then Image. Then image. Oh, it's a classic big two than the, than the yeah. other one. <laughs> um, pretty good week for Marvel. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Earth's Mightiest Heroes, The Avengers, number eight. This is uh, Jason Aaron's run, which got off to an extremely slow start. I'd, uh, I, will, I will go as far to say that I disliked mm. the first six issues of this run. Uh, it was a really, really boring uh, kind of like getting the team together for a celestial bullshit reason. Yeah. Um, but... You know what? They achieved their goal of getting the team together. Teams together. The team is together. This had excellent art by David Marquez um, and oh. uh, colors by Justin Ponzor. Um, I didn't read this. You didn't read this? Nah. Oh, you would fucking really dig this. So Not really. Yeah. The Avengers' new base now, no more Avengers Mansion. They now live in um, the North Pole in a hollowed-out dead Celestial. That's pretty fun. Which has been kitted out by Wakanda's greatest architects. Great. Because the team is now... Um, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, She-Hulk, Black Panther, and Captain Marvel, um, with Doctor Strange being an on-again, off-again. Great. And Ghost Rider as well. <laughs> um, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider. Great. Um, there's a great, great scene in which Robbie Reyes is talking to um, his brother Gabe. I know mm-hmm. you're a big fan mm-hmm. of Gabe. I love and, Gabe. And that, that interaction was really sweet. Um, and this was just like, yeah, like they... they you know, Loki's like, oh, the whole reason that, that I was evil was just to get you guys together. Ha, 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 ha. And I was it's like, you know. And it's like, okay, we forgive you, Loki. No, he disappears before they can be- beat the shit out of him again. Um, but it's really fun. Like, um, Thor and She-Hulk are like an item now. Ah, um, cool. And, and um, 
Uh, and She-Hulk has like she may be more powerful than Bruce now because ah. um, of weird new gamma radiation affecting her. So right. it was really great. It was just like instead of it being like you know point the Avengers at this big bad thing that's happening in the world, it was like let's have a fun like you know like a character all, issue. All, all, all the characters hanging out in their new digs yes. um, and like you know talking to each other. Um, Captain Marvel. Uh, like throws Tony Stark through a room after he yes, hits please. on her. Yes, like, please. Just like really fun interactions. And then um, in the last pages, um, a ship is boarded um, in the Southern Ocean uh, by Atlanteans because they're in their in their waters. And uh, the Atlanteans are killed by the, the Earth people, on oh, the no. humans you might call them, <laughs> uh, on the ship. And uh, they are about to face the wrath of none other than an incredibly good looking yeah hell so, yeah like a really badass he's he is wearing pants but don't hold that against yeah, him yeah I do but he's not wearing a shirt like he's gone gone to great got, great lengths to wear he's shoulder, got pads shoulder pads but no shirt and, and sleeves but no shirt his nipples <laughs> are the secret to his powers um, so yeah it looks like the first uh, the first the first kind of like proper like a battle that Avengers going to have is going to be up against Namor. Ah, but I classic. Reckon, yeah. That's so classic. So yeah, it was a really, really good issue. I think you should definitely just All right, fine. burn through this one before this week's comics come out and, uh, okay. and uh, jump back on this board series again. Cause now that they've done the boring setup, it's a really, really good. Now it's time. Now. Yeah. Now it's time for the really All enjoyed right. this, but let's keep things Avengery with West coast Avengers. Um, written by Kelly Thompson, um, with art by Stefano Caselli and, uh, colors by Triona Farrell. Um, this is, uh, the team led by, uh, Kate Bishop, a.k.a. Hawkeye, also featuring Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, Gwenpool, um, America Chavez, Kid Omega, and Fuse, um, Kate's boyfriend, who can uh, make himself be different materials, including bricks. He's like the Absorbing Man, but without a big ball and chain. Yeah. He should get a big ball and chain. He should get a big ball and chain. Um, so in the just lo- get married, am I right, guys? In the first issue, uh, they were... Uh, oh, that's a really good one. Thanks. Sorry, I don't want to go unrecognized. Uh, in the first issue, they had to go up against a uh, giant version of Tigra, yep. who uh, was one of the founding members of the West Coast Avengers. Um, and they came face to face with Brodoc, who uh, everyone realizes is just Modoc, but he Brodoc stands for bio robotic organism designed overwhelmingly for kissing. Great. Uh, and. Yeah, basically, this is them kind of like figuring out if they can trust this weird Brodoc, what he's what he's doing. Mostly just trying to figure out what he's up to so that they can stop it. Yeah, and just like um, the other issue of Avengers was like a more character-driven issue, so was this one. Um, as we see various team-ups happen, we see a great hookup between Gwenpool yes. and Quentin Quire. That was really good. That was yeah. funny. I liked it. And uh, I love straight away the... Um, they, 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 it wasn't just like a random kiss. It was like he throws her up against the wall and she puts her, her, her leg up. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, yeah, go on and oh get it. Oh, my God. Everyone's just like, oh, no, this is the worst. Um, yeah, but uh, this was this is really, really sweet. Yeah, um, it's really good. Kelly Thompson has a good grasp of all these characters. I'm not crazy about the um, reality TV talking heads to camera stuff that happens throughout. No, but I think... I'm okay with it. <laughs> I don't like love it, but I think it's working fine for the moment. I, I, just, I just don't think it's necessary. I think it's, the, all the characters kind of break the fourth wall. Yeah, totally. It's definitely anyway. tacked on. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, yeah, I don't really see the direct point of it at this moment. I think moment, it's to show why they're getting money to be a team. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, That's but, a good enough reason for me. But yeah, it looks like um, uh, Giant Tiger is going to be joined by a lot of other giant, potentially old West Coast Avengers members in, cool. the, uh, in the next issue. This is fun. I'm I, into it. I'm into it too. Um, Kelly Thompson also wrote Mr. and Mrs. X, issue number three, um, which had art by Oscar Baz- Bazaldua and uh, colors by Frank D'Amata. 
Um, and this is, of course, the book of um, a newly married rogue and gambit. Mm-hmm. They're in space. They were, they were protecting an egg. Mm-hmm. And then a, uh, someone that looks like rogue hatched out of the egg. Yep. But a little girl rogue. Like and, a baby rogue. Yeah. And then uh, basically we learn that she is the daughter of uh, Alandra of the Shi'ar yep. and Professor X. Yep. Um, and that's why she's she's important to both the Shi'ar and also mutants. And also why she can do shapeshifty things to that's make right. herself look like rogue. Um, and so it's up to Gambit and Rogue to kind of save her from bad Shi'ars. Mm. Um, but along the way, we get a really great fight scene of um, Deadpool and Gambit um, over the course of two big splash pages, um, fighting th- their way through waves of uh, Shi'ar agents. Yep. Um, and uh, again, like just like West Coast Avengers, it's just fun. It's Kelly just Thompson fun. gets these characters and gets what 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 a fun what fun situations it would be to, yep. to put them in and. Uh, it's a really enjoyable read. Absolutely. 100% agree. Hard to fault it. It's really yeah. good fun. And I love the Shi'ar's big silly hats. Yeah, like, I, I think if you're not already fans of the characters, maybe that's the only reason you would not like this. Like, cause it's but, you know, I think I do think that this would be very accessible to new readers because it's just a fun, light-hearted romance romp through space. Well, I will admit, when I was getting into comics and I used to always try and read X-Men comics, I'd be like, cool, I'm getting a, I'm getting my, getting a grasp around this whole mutant thing and the mm. Shi'ar would show up and I'd be like, what the fuck yeah. is this? <laughs> so. Yeah, totally. You're like, why can Professor X stand? Why is he in love with this bird lady? What's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, totally. Look, if you've ever wanted uh, to get into X-Men but you don't know where to start and you're coming along to Oz Comic Con this weekend, we're going to be doing a panel on Sunday afternoon talking about it. It's about X-Men. Yeah. Well, no, it's not about X-Men, but it's about getting into comics. And uh, we'll give you a couple of, like, sweet jumping on points for different characters. Stuff um, like that. Of course, that is because uh, both you and me, you especially. Yes. How many yes. panels are you doing? I am on five panels. Fucking hell. And I'm moderating two. Okay. I'm on two panels and you're yeah, moderating both of them. I'm moderating both of them. What's Thanks th- for being on them. <laughs> do you want to go through as many of them as, as you can or are you just going to... Um, oh, let me find my schedule. I've not cleared... Uh, attending with my family yet but i check (laughs) it'll be fine um we'll be fine so i'm doing um how anime and manga have taken over the mainstream at 11 a.m on saturday Mm -hmm. community and comics presented by queens of kings on uh 12 p.m saturday and then sunday our comics and manga the same at 11 a.m breaking into the comics industry at 12 p.m and getting into comics at 2 p.m cool i think i'm on you're on the Community and Comics, which is on the Saturday. Okay. And then the Getting Into Comics, me, which is on Want to hear Sunday. me talk about Facebook admining? Yes. That's a, that is literally why I want you on, <laughs> to talk about online uh, comics communities. Okay, cool. It'll be good fun. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Um, well, that is that this Saturday and Sunday in Sydney at Oz Comic Con. If you're yep. there, come and say hello. Yeah, please. Um, Siobhan's going to have um, temporary tattoos with, with our faces on them. Absolutely. Which she is uh, funding now. But I'm just going to be um, uh, like drawing them on you in Sharpie. Yeah, perfect. Uh, temporary. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're reading Venom now. I guess. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I opened up the front page and I went, "Ah, uh, no." Why didn't you skip forward to the second or third? I know. Look at that! Look at that double page spread. Yeah, that is great. That uh, is great. That's one of my all-time favorite um, comic book sound. Cracker boom. Yeah. Um, Donny Cates writes Venom now with art by Ryan Stegman doing the book he was born to draw. Yeah, come on. Um, we are inks by J.P. Mayer come and through, colors Stegman. by Frank uh, Martin. And uh, Venom, <coughs> we're, we're but it's like it's like goofy, weird Venom space dragons or something. It's the best. I, just, I, it's, I didn't, I didn't know I wanted this, but I really want more of it now. It's so silly and great. Man, that is gorgeous. Um, yeah, I think like this is like a big. I had fun reading a lot of uh, a lot of 
a lot of my regular superhero books this week. And mm. um, yeah, Venom in particular. Like I've never really been attached to the character of Venom, except for when Rick Remender did the Agent Venom mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. series. But uh, I'm really, really enjoying this this take on uh, like not just Venom, but like the the, the history of the sim- symbiote. Is it biote or biote? I fucking I don't know. You told me I was wrong. Yeah, I know. Now I can't remember what I symbiote? say. Symbiote. 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 Whatever. Symbiotic, I guess you much. would say. So symbiote. Yeah. Okay, yeah. symbiote. Um, yeah, and so basically, like, yeah, we, we, we've learned that the the symbiote is comes from like this like dragon god in space who has come to Earth, and um, it's up to Venom um, and uh, two symbiotes to team up. Um, not Venom, Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock and right. two symbiotes to to team up to try and take this dragon down. And, uh, and is a, one of the symbiotes called Rex? Yes, he's the he's like he's the, the, he's new the, one? the first symbiote to come to Earth. Okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it ends with a, a pretty shocking finale. Um, and we, I don't know if any any symbiotes exist anymore now. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Donny Cates no. is pretty good at doing these big game changing moments, and then yeah, he loves. It. And you're like, what is he going to do with this? And then you're like, oh, that's exactly what he's going to do with yeah, this. Yeah, Great. That's crazy. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. <laughs> um, so yeah, Venom. It's a really really fun read. Cool. Um, Thor, Jason Aaron, uh, back for this one. Uh, and Christian Ward. Woo! Yeah, so good. I, I love when Christian Ward shows up yeah. for, a, for a Thor issue. Um, this is uh, issue number five. Uh, again, I wasn't a massive fan of the first arc of this returning series of Thor, the first four issues when they were in hell. So it was just not as fun as the series has been in the past. Yeah. But when you give me a uh, flashback to Thor and Wolverine, um, flash forward. Well, first we get a flashback of, oh, them, yeah. of them just drinking in a pub. Yep, uh, great. Remembering all of their, like comparing their greatest drinking stories. Their lot, favorite pubs. I could read issues upon issues of that. Um, and then uh, we sit forward to the, the future, untold eons from now, and King Thor is face-to-face with a uh, Wolverine who has been uh, taken over by the Phoenix. He's yeah. bonded with the Phoenix. And so he is known as... Oh, it, it, there's a great description. It, like, you know, like, just it, it, this is a more fun... Old Man Phoenix. Yeah, Old Man Phoenix, it, it gets called at one point, but um, he also gets called, oh, like, something berserker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's super fun. Um, my only thing is, I feel like it's the new thing to be like, ah, no, this character is the last one to exist at the end of time. No, this one. It's a, it's a dumb trope, but it's a yeah. fun trope. The yeah, co- I'm the, fine with it. The cosmic berserker. The only problem is because I read all of them, so I'm like, how can they all exist at the end of time together? They're, That's dumb. There's different timelines. True. Um, but I love bringing uh, Thor's granddaughters back into it. Yep. Yes, please. Fing Fang Foom shows up. And, and what Doom. What a comic. I guess Doom is going to show up now. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's like the most powerful Crazy version of Doom, Doom ever. The he's Fist of Iron, the Star Brand Supreme, and the Master of Mystic Vengeance. Yes. So good. That's great. Kneel before his omnipotence and despair. I'm into it. Uh, yeah, so this is exactly what I want from this series again. Hooray. 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 <laughs> um, Edge of Spider, Gavin, get in. Just quickly, we got a uh, another one-shot um, set within uh, this uh, kind of like set up for the Spider-Geddon event later on, um, which gives us a, a spoiler for the Spider-Geddon event itself, I guess. Yeah. yeah at, one point, at one point, there's a C Spider-Geddon issue number three um, oh. when he's talking about something. So I th- thought they would, anyway. this sees one of the main characters return after the events of Spider-Geddon, I guess. Whatever, it's not probably not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's in there. Um, but this is uh, being written by Jason Latour with um, amazing art by Tonchi Zonjic. Tonchi yeah. Zonjic. What a and, gorgeous issue. And Bram Revel uh, with colors by uh, Tonchi and Ian Herring. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, basically uh, Spider Ben and Spider Pete basically um, 
after getting spider powers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Parker, um, who I think is Spanish in, uh, or Hispanic in, 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 this, uh, in this world. He's mm-hmm. like all the, they're all like otherworldly Spider-Mans. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, after, after Uncle Ben is shot, um, Sp- Spider-Man gives him a blood transfusion. So now Uncle Ben has spider powers too. And this is uh, um, a very kind of all over the place uh, time-wise. Yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. jumping back and forth. It's not very linear. Not very linear at all. Um, but we see basically like various adventures that, that Spider-Pete and, and, and Spider-Ben go on. Yeah. And uh, does it suggest that Spider-Pete's dead or that he's just stopped being Spider-Man at the end? I think I think he's dead. <laughs> I think he's dead at so the end. So possibly he dies in Spider-Geddon? Or at, at the very least, he's lost faith in Uncle Ben, which is like being dead. Yeah, very true. Uh, but this was, yeah, definitely the most unique of the, um, the three Spider-Geddon issues that we've seen so far. Very melancholy. Yeah. Very and, Jason Latour. And the structure of it was also very non-linear, like, like most of Jason Latour's written things, too. I um, like him. He's so yeah, me good. Too. This was really, really great. I, I, it's cool that this can exist alongside a mostly, like, by-the-numbers kind of spider event uh, setup. I like the spider events probably more than, like, any other event. Yeah. In the Marvel Universe, yeah, I think at fun. the moment. They're good. They're like weirdly contained, but still expansive. They're fun and creative. And I'd much rather see these like original different versions of Spider-Man than a million amalgamated, I'm Doctor Strange and Captain America. Dumb yep. jerks. Sure. Um, so I read The Life of Captain Marvel, issue three, which is written by Margaret Stoll. Uh, there's like a billion different artists on it. Pencils in the Present Day by Carlos Pacheco. Um, inks by Rafael Fonteras and colors by Marcio Menes and then Marguerite Savage does the flashbacks in this issue because this is about uh, Captain Marvel going back to her roots going back to her family in Maine or Rhode Island or somewhere where everyone has funny accents <laughs> and rekindling a romance with her childhood Thing. guy or Thing. something um, and her brother had a brain injury but now he's fine guys and she's dealing with the fact that her dad appeared to have some letters to a secret lady. And so her dad may have been cheating on her mum. Whoa, that's life-changing. Because so much of her backstory ties into how much she loved her dead father, right? 
or like her dad was abusive and she didn't like him or yep, something. Yep, that's, that's probably it. Different. Very easy to confuse. <laughs> I get those two confused all the time. Um, and so Captain Marvel's been staying with her family and not doing Captain Marvel business. Um, and now they're like, you need to go and be a superhero again. But now it turns out that something crazy, now now the Captain Marvel business has come to find her in, with her family and her mom might be from space. Okay. Which I'm like, I hate all this retroactive, like, oh, actually, your mum was a spy. <laughs> actually, your mum was a spy from space. That was uh, the, the, the funniest thing about the, uh, I mean, mostly hilarious Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where it's like, oh, like Peter Parker's parents were actually like weird spies that had an underground railroad. <laughs> but and that's like, from comics. Is it? Yeah. Like, that's where like... Main continuity? Yeah. Or? Really? Yeah. I haven't read that Like shit. his sister. Oh, that stuff. But, but That's in the same thing. That's like your parents were weird spies, Petey. Right. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Don't correct me. But anyway, it's, it's, it's <laughs> so hilarious, the reveal yeah. that goes nowhere in the movie. Yeah, I know. Because they never met another one. <laughs> so great. Yeah, not great. Anyway, I, I do like this book. I think Margaret Stoll is actually like giving some character to a character that I don't care that much about. Um, but I, w- I could do without the like, oh, it turns out your mom's from space yep. angle. I but you. whatever. So I actually really enjoyed Captain Marvel within... The Avengers issue this week, yeah, and yeah, yeah. even more so in the Immortal Hulk, Hulk, the Immortal Hulk issue number six, written by Al Ewing with art by Lee Garbett and colors by Paul Mounts. Uh, this has been what started as a kind of like freak of the week uh, horror book has now been kind of Bruce Banner, um, you know, living off the grid, coming to terms with the monster within him, uh, but in yeah. a way that feels new. Yep, absolutely. Tr- uh, the Hulk is treated as like this horror that lives within um, Bruce, and he's kind of been unleashing it. To create vengeance. Yeah, to solve gamma crimes. <laughs> yeah, that's mostly. Right, gamma crimes. Um, but there was some like Al Ewing is he's coming from some angles which I'm like, oh like as someone who hasn't read that many Hulk comics, I'm like, this is the Hulk comic that I always wanted to read. Like there are all these moments where he's like, Oh, I've always known that the Hulk is smarter than me because he works on like instinct and hunches and like gut and no, he's not led by his brain. He's led by his, you know, like, I just thought that was cool. By his bat dong. By his bat dong. It's massive, massive. It's in the shape of a Batman. Right. Yeah. That's With his... little wings. Oh, great. It comes out when he's scared. Anyway, sorry. Um, no, hopefully not a, um, who does the really pointy-eared? Um, Kelly, Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones. <laughs> That's why Spiky. he's angry. I'd be angry too. Tucking that away? I Yeah, I just thought this was, I think this is so good. I think Al Ewing is like, just killing it. Yeah, so I was uh, I was not expecting um, you know this much of the main Marvel universe to cross kind over. of cross over with this book uh, so quickly, but it's done in such an amazing way. Basically, yeah. um, the character of Sasquatch. Um, the last two issues were about uh, a fight between him and Bruce Banner, aka the Hulk, mm-hmm. um, and the Hulk basically took on Sasquatch and all of his gamma powers. So now Sasquatch is just uh, Leonard, boring old Leonard, Walter, Walter. They're the same name. Basically the same name. If you are a Leonard, you're also a Walter. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, uh, of course, Sasquatch is a member of um, Alpha Force. Alpha Um, Flight. Alpha Flight. If you're in Alpha Flight, happy birthday. birthday. You're also in Alpha Force. (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, our team. That's our new team. (laughs) Um, And uh, there may as well be a fucking Alpha Force team. I'm sure there is. Absolutely. X-Force slash Alpha Flight. Um, But, uh, yeah, because he's a member of um, Alpha Flight, um, Captain Marvel basically receives like word from uh puck uh no from general oh, general ross's team uh basically general like general ross thaddeus ross it's great it's so co- the com- story is so convoluted it makes mm. so much sense um general ross his second in command is now taking over the kind of like 
trying to catch the Hulk once and for all mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he basically tells uh, Alpha Flight, either you guys band together and um, and take down the Hulk and bring him to me, or you have to hand over Sasquatch, mm. um, and we're going to execute him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they're like, we're not, we're not power. Alpha Flight isn't powerful enough to uh, to take down the Hulk. And Captain Marvel goes, no, but my other team is. Mm. And so then we see this brilliant like moment of uh, Bruce Banner trying to hitchhike in Iowa, and then suddenly intercepted by the Avengers team led by Captain Marvel, um, and uh, basically said like, you know, to set the Hulk free, Bruce Banner has to has to die. That's just not going to happen, Bruce. And then Bruce says, but that's my secret, Captain. I'm already dead. Yeah, come on. <laughs> that was so rad. Come on. And, the, and it's just a great, you know, referencing the movies in a really cool, cool way. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, that was fucking great. Amazing this ending. so good, guys. You should be reading this book. Everyone should be. Everyone should be. This is the best Hulk has been in, like, years. Uh, and apparently it's selling really well, really well which is really well. Uh, yeah, good. good to know. Good. I'm glad. Um, so that is it for Marvel this week with DC. To DC. Um, and uh, we began this episode by talking about Batman's dick. Now let's talk about Batman's other dick. Dick Grayson. <laughs> Hi, children. Uh, <laughs> that Batman, was a well time. Batman number 55 uh, came out this week, written by Tom King, uh, with art by Tony Daniel. And uh, Tony Daniel's getting better. Yeah, definitely. It normally used to not appeal to me at all, but this is actually pretty good. It's a very classic feeling. Um, and uh, this also had uh, inks by Danny Mikey. M- Mickey? Um, and uh, colors by Timo Moray. Um, and in this one, we see a, uh, a dude uh, fly into Gotham, but Gotham City, you get a passport stamp. I guess Gotham City is a country now. Yes. Wouldn't it just say America? I don't know. Um, but, uh, he says, welcome to America, welcome to Gotham, so he must be from out of America. Well, the, 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 a non-American but the, the, must the passport be a bad stamp guy. says, immigration service visitor Gotham City. Mm, that's true. That doesn't happen. I, I I have some problems rege- with your immigration uh, policy forever now. <laughs> um, but uh, this man who has a metal arm um, checks into a hotel and starts. Uh, he goes off and he buys an incredibly powerful um, sniper rifle. Um, meanwhile, uh, Dick Grayson, aka Nightwing, has moved back into Wayne Manor mm-hmm. uh, to help his his poor friend Batman. Um, who is the <laughs> just guy. cheer him up, cheer, cheer him, him up, up a little bit, and uh, he does so by being like classic quippy. Uh, yeah, is this classic dick. quippy dick? Uh, look, we've established that Tom King's jokes aren't funny, but he's Great. trying. He is trying. He's giving I'm, it a red hot. I'm never going to deny you that his jokes aren't funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, um, just uh, as as like you know, Bruce is starting to smile again. Yeah. Uh, they're on the rooftop and ne- next to the bat signal, and all of a sudden, poofed. I was going to say crack, but it's actually the sound effect is poofed. poofed. And we see a massive hole in uh, Dick Grayson's head. He's been shot in the head. He's definitely dead forever, guys. Yep. R.I.P. This is it. He's never Speculators, died Speculators, buy this issue now. He'll never die again. Because he's gone forever. And what do you know? Batman just pulls his dick out. goes, <laughs> <laughs> who needs you? What? <laughs> and the weirdest thing is that his uh, dick was already dressed like Nightwing. Yeah, exactly. Right. In a little, little outfit. Classic outfit with the disco collar and everything. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I did. We just found Sean's kink, everybody. <laughs> oh, God. I'm trying to be better. Um, yeah, give, give, whatever. Give whatever. What was the point of this? Tell me what the point the of this point was. The point is, it's like a mostly good comic up nah, until the point it gets shot in the head. Mostly good? It was like... Passable. Average at know. best. It was barely I mean, fun. I the ha- jokes weren't funny. If the jokes were funny it's not enough, really a story. 
Yes, ever, exactly. Ever since you mentioned that a while ago. It's just a bunch of stuff happens and then he gets shot in the head in the end. Yeah. There's not cool. really there's not really plots to these issues. It's no. like it's like a bunch of like do you get it conversations and Yeah, then, and, and then, then someone on the radio says what the comic is about. It's about loss. <laughs> Tom King also wrote uh, Mr. Miracle issue number 11 this week alongside his uh, um, artist uh, Mitch Gerrards. Okay, so Wayne keeps telling me that I have to read it and he was like, you have to read this issue, which I was like, well, I'm definitely not reading this it. This was the best issue in a long time of this series okay. until the very end. Okay. Um, so basically this is like a, a meet the grandparents issue, except okay. the grandparents father in this instance is dark side Mm. and it was really amusing because you do have the kind of like mundane like making sure they've got everything as they run out the door and there's another there's another crudatar plate Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you're earlier on in the the, the series where they have all the the you know carrot sticks and dip yeah that they're bringing to a very serious meeting um so yeah to to go meet dark side uh mr miracle and big barter and their new kid uh bring a uh a a table of uh, of crudatar Topped Lovely. up vegetables and dips, which uh, we, we have nine panels of, of uh, <laughs> Dark Side slowly eating, um, which I like. That's the kind of shit that I really enjoyed early yeah. on. Even though you were like, what's the point of this? I'm like, no, just give me more of it. <laughs> eat more vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> Show these. I want to see how these superheroes get their fiber. Um, <laughs> and so basically, just like. Um, I Dark think Seed it's, eat earth food? Anyway, continue. Does it matter? <laughs> it's fine. It's you'd, fine. Give it, you'd give it a crack. I have some, pro- <laughs> I have some real problems. Um, but uh, so that kind of it's almost like that loop because it isn't it's like Orion and 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 uh, who is who is the actual father of Mister Miracle and then he was traded to be raised by Darkseid. Um, High Father. High Father, right? So just like that, basically, Darkseid suggesting that they give him their child in the oh. same way that that he was given to Darkseid. I um, hope they say no. And well, they, they they do say yes at first, and then they trick him. Oh. And uh, look, spoilers if you're not ready to skip ahead a moment, but uh, they end up killing Darkseid. But then it's a big ruse, um, and it looks like this whole this whole series has been a trap for Mister Miracle to not be able to escape from. Um, started by I won't reveal who who it's all been masterminded by, but someone who we thought was Desaad. Can you show me? Oh, well, I'll just tell you. If you, I was I wasn't going to okay. reveal it to you, it's, it's Metron. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't know how I feel about this because it look we then like it's like revealed that he's been taken from one world to be in this world, and maybe all eleven of these issues so far not, haven't actually happened, and maybe he doesn't actually have a son. It was all a dream, guys. So I don't know how I feel about that, but who knows? Maybe this this, this last issue it won't be what, what I'm expecting to happen. Yeah. I will be kind of shitty if all of this didn't happen. Yeah. Because I like the idea of them tricking Darkseid out and, and keeping their son and this now being, you know... No, they can't have a happy ending. It's a Tom King comic. Who knows? I th- yeah, I don't know. There no, are... It was all a dream, but the only bit of the dream that was real was the baby, but now the baby's dead. Great. Cool. Dead babies. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good issue, except I'm worried about the last issue. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, it was like it reminded me of why I liked the series to begin with, which is I felt like it's lost its way in a way yeah. in the last few issues. Um, in Justice Two, issue number thirty-four, uh, Tom Taylor um, with art by Daniel Sampere, Sampere and Bruno Redondo, inks by Juan Alberon. Bruno Redondo. Um, this is uh, almost the, the finale of this uh, just just joyous, fun celebration of every single facet of the DC universe. Yeah. Um, 
it's I, I'm I very rarely say the word underrated, but I really think this is underrated. I think this is. But you know, it's not underrated because it's the best-selling DC comic. What? Because it is. Um, it sells so well on digital. Oh right. That's why DC are like. Then why would they stop love it? Tom King so much? Tom uh, Taylor. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, Tom Taylor. I sort of hope it's because they're pushing him onto other things, but I don't know. Um, yeah, he, I don't know. He just be allowed to do this, make his own world because he because he did that um, Earth One book too. Earth. Oh, uh, which one? Earth Two or Earth, Earth Two? Did he write Earth Two? He wrote the one with Nicholas Scott. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So he's good at doing these like um, reimaginations of, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of, of, uh, of DC stuff. Um, anyway, he's been doing a great job with this. Yeah, so basically, um, Alfred, um, after meeting with uh, uh, Batman's estranged daughter, which mm-hmm. is just in this, in this continuity. So is this just like Damien's a girl in this, or is no, it no, another Damien character? No, no, Damien is too. Another character, okay. yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I think same cloning experiment. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely like they reference that Talia is. The mo- yeah, yeah it's, it's Talia and Batman's daughter. Okay. Um, this was the first time in Injustice that I've been like, oh, I feel a little bit like there was some stuff in this that happened. Like I felt a little bit lost. Yeah, we well, only picked it up like five issues ago. And yeah, been, so there was definitely this has been going. This is like a hundred issues. Or something yeah, exactly. Now. So I was like, I don't know, I don't know. But yeah. like, that's amazing. This is the first time that I've been like, oh, I don't know what's going on in this. Yeah, well, I think it's because you have a pretty good knowledge of who everyone is. Yeah, that's all you really need. Um, but yeah, basically, um, Alfred um, convinces Batman and Ra's al Ghul to meet and and sort out their differences mm-hmm. once and for all, and uh, they do so uh, in Atlantis. Um, and the lost city of Atlanta. Of course. Um, and, uh, of course, a fight breaks out. But, um, hilariously, it is stopped by Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn because Tom Taylor writes the best Harley Quinn. He really does. Like, it, she's such a good character when yeah. he writes her. She's smart and funny. Yeah. Like, really, really good jokes. And just, you, you really like her as a character. Yeah. Which is something I very rarely say. You know what else? It, I think Nicholas um, Scott would do a good... Uh, not Nicholas, sorry. Um, uh, Gail. Gail Simone would do a really good Harley Quinn yeah, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she has written a good Harley at various times in like Birds of Prey and stuff like sure. that. Um, I like how much Tom Taylor embraces the the monkey side of the DC universe. We've got yes. them all in this issue. We got Gorilla Grodd. We got Ultra Humanite. Oh, I love it. There have been so many ape issues. It's been awesome. So good. Yeah. Um, but uh, as uh, as Brainiac slowly makes his way towards Earth, um, we have uh, Rachel Gould and his team, and Batman and his team, uh, agreeing to a one week ceasefire as they work out the differences. It's cool. It's great. It's really interesting and yep. fun, and it's just fun. This is like that's really like this is Injustice Two is a book that makes me feel like I do when I read most of my favorite Marvel books. Yeah, and it's a feeling that I don't have when I read a lot of DC books. Um, and I hate that now I will not have this anymore because this book has like two issues left. Yeah, that is um, sad. But just whatever Tom Taylor does next. Yeah, totally. I'll be there. Um, although I got those feelings this week, um, also from uh, another DC book, and that is The Wild Storm. Yes, please. Being written by Warren Ellis without by John Davis Hunt with uh, Brian Bucciolato. Um, this has been like Warren Ellis kind of introducing a new take on uh, the Wildstorm universe, and we meet the characters in a different order to what we initially met them over the course of the many series uh, in mm-hmm. the early to mid 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have uh, various characters from. Um, I can't remember any of Gen them. 13. Gen 13 and the Authority. Wildstorm. But we haven't actually met that many characters from the Authority yet. Yeah. Um, but, but whoever this, the Gen 13's parents are. Yeah. This this issue ended with the most fantastic reveal. Like a, there was some good there was some good uh, good final uh, oh. final cliffhangers this week. Most of them came, came through Dark Horse. I didn't even get that. You didn't even realize who they were until I just looked at that final panel. And yeah. I was like, oh. 
Um, it's no, yeah, like uh, those two characters are my favorite Beloved. two characters yeah. from The Authority, and uh, and they're like some of the few Wildstorm characters that were actually treated well in the New Fifty Two. Um, and uh, they've been. I, I was wondering if they were even going to show up in the Wildstorm, and here they are. They motherfucking it's very did, everyone. Exciting. This has been such a masterclass on like pacing, pacing a twenty-four issue run. Yep, he has just killed it. And uh, John Davis Hunt's art has been remarkable because he's consistent the whole way through. Yeah, it's in, it's inconsistent in that it gets better and better. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but you know, it tackles so many. Like you, have, it's like. Sci-fi, aliens, uh, like conspiracy, Tech. government. Yeah, uh, all of Warren Ellis' favorite favorite things. Yeah, and it, but it's also a surprisingly human comic at, at times too. Great character moments. Yeah, um, he spends time with each of them. And the the two characters introduced at the end of this issue mean so much more fun human moments coming to this uh, world. Very yeah. exciting, real cool really stuff. Really good, really good. Um, so interesting to see that you have uh, Pearl issue two in yeah. front of you, considering you didn't read issue one. I know. Uh, this is to be written- honest, I thought this was a different one. <laughs> <laughs> this is written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Michael Gados. But I'm a Bendis fan now, guys. Yeah, uh, it's ca- she's canonically a Bendis fan. Yep. Um, I don't know why I like saying, as soon as you say anything, I'm immediately going <laughs> to say canonically. Because um, it's a word that pretty much only exists in like comic book fandom and like the Catholic Church, so you just don't get enough chance to say it. Very true. Um, so this is a, like a Yakuza comic, basically. A, mm-hmm. a girl whose uh, family was owned by the Yakuza uh, only falls deeper and deeper into uh, owing mm-hmm. her, like basically using having to use her skills to uh, pay off her debt to the Yakuza. Um, the first issue I did not like. The second issue I really liked. I loved this yeah. issue. This was so good. She's like a cool tattoo artist for the Yakuza, but who also happens to be mysteriously really good at killing. Great. Perfect. I love it. And then it's also a romance with a rival Yakuza gang. Yes. Great. Yeah. This was like... Gorgeous illustrations. It, and it, it was great as we delved into her history. I'm yep. really glad I stuck through with it because I did not like the first issue. I, I loved all the scenes of her it. tattooing bananas. So yeah, um, we can uh, definitely add Pearl to the um, the decent Bendis comics coming out right now. What's a bad Bendis comic that's coming out now? Um, I didn't like Scarlet. I uh, did. No, you, you, I, I can go was... play the tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. You definitely disliked it more than I did. Probably. Um, <laughs> I have no memory. <laughs> so those are our DC reviews. Um, so good ones in there this week. And yeah. we'll go over to Image now. Um, we're starting with an issue, an episode, ep- ugh, an issue of Paper Girls, issue number twenty-four. Um, and again, we can't tell you what's going how the on. Fuck! In do it? you even describe what happens? But man, they've tied up some good stuff. That like, I'm a big dum dum, and so I'm sure if you like went back and reread all of Paper Girls in one go, you'd be like, oh well, obviously that's that person and that's that person. But there were a lot of moments in this where I was like, oh. Yeah. So this is a big crazy time travel series, and we've met various uh, characters throughout. The ages, yeah. Um, as our as our four heroes travel through time, and uh, yeah, this one basically confirmed that uh, one, two characters uh, are, are the grown up, ver- the grown up future versions of someone. We, two mm-hmm. two characters we met long in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, I didn't pick that either. And there's so many like, like Frank Evan is another one of those guys. Um, who is really revolutionary in like the subtle way that he puts um, things into his characters and like how well-rounded his characters are. So like an older lady has a bit of dementia. Mm. That's great. Good job. Except the older lady is someone who they're relying on to tell them what the fuck's going yeah, on. Yeah. And frequently she'll just suddenly stop and be like, who are you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just what a good issue. Great what issue. What a great issue. Cliff Chang doing the best the best, the best he can, Jane. and I love Matt Wilson's colors on this too. His color palette for Paper Girls is Gorgeous. so unique and cool. And yeah, 
yeah, it's great. Even no matter what timeline they're in, it still feels 80s. Yep, absolutely. Which is really, really talented. Talented. Talenting. Yeah. Cool new word for you, everybody. Try and use it in a sentence this week. Um, another comic that took me by surprise this week was Skyward, issue number six. God, um, so good. This is the comic uh, that's written by um, Joe Henderson with um, art by Lee Garbett, um, Antonio Fabella on colors. And um, <coughs> this book is basically about um, what if the gravity got turned off and how would our society continue? And, and the, how would the world look different? Yeah, and um, that in itself brings so many incredible plot opportunities. And uh, on the front cover of this issue, uh, giant um, dragonflies. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, surely that's just like, you know, the, the camera is really close to the dragonflies and really far away from our main character. He's floating in the middle of them. Nope. Giant in, dragonflies. In a gravityless world, the dragonflies get gigantic. <laughs> and, and they'll eat you. They eat, they'll fucking eat you good. Yeah. And just not what I was expecting to get from this book. Absolutely. And But like a, a really welcome, like, what the fuck surprise. Yeah, this is now like a cool adventure comic with this girl going out to discover what the world looks like now outside of her protected cities. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, unreal. I loved it. Cool. Um, all right. Ice Cream Man. Mm. Ready to get sad, everybody. Yeah. This was a, a glum, a- glum, but beautiful book. <sighs> As always. This is the best, right? Like, it's so you're so stupid man. if you don't read this. You're so dumb, dumb. Um, Ice Cream Man, written by W. Maxwell Prince, who is writing the next Marvel Zombies book. So I, I just saw in solitis- oh. solicitations today. <laughs> I mean, okay. This is a horror comic, but yeah. hopefully that means we get like a really a, melancholy and <laughs> Marvel, weird zombies. Marvel Zombies comic. That'd be awesome. Um, up by Martin Morazzo, who uh, who follows us on Twitter. Ah, oh, um, thanks, Martin. Shouts, Martin. I probably don't, you probably, probably don't also listen, probably. but uh, you are like. One of my top five artists of the year so far. Absolutely, so, absolutely. You're the best. Uh, Chris O'Hanaran doing great color work as well. Um, Ice Cream Man is like a series of one and dones with this vague, slowly making sense backstory, like uh, like connecting story uh, uh, involving a spooky ice cream man and a cowboy. Yes, <laughs> it's so good. Come on, it's so but good. we get we get these. Uh, it's like an anthology series, and everyone it's almost like a Twilight Zone esque kind of tale of woe yeah um and this one we learn we, we meet a girl whose best friend has died of, of, um, of cancer but she can uh. still she thinks she can still see her friend and, yeah. and her parents, and her parents are, are like is it schizophrenia is she just grieving and it's you know it must be it's it's, it's understandably frustrating for them because mm-hmm. um, she doesn't understand what they're talking about um and uh they she runs away into the night one night with, Finds with, a with, path of sprinkles with her imaginary friend, and then uh, wake, uh, which leads her to uh, the ice cream man, who has uh, peeled the skin off someone in in a cabin in the woods. Lovely. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Ugh. I don't want to spoil what happens, but it is like, but it involves cowboys. <laughs> this fucking cowboy character showing <laughs> up again, um, and it's like this battle between the ice cream man and the cowboy, um, which is just wonderful. But then the, uh, the whole story and all these stories, they either exist as this like kind of like. A morose tale oh yeah that kind of like is just like like the first few were like really really needlessly grim yeah but in like a darkly funny way there was a little black humor to them yeah this was devoid of black humor this was just but actually had a sad 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 but it was a sweet ending i thought yeah <coughs> weirdly beautiful ending absolutely it's just about grieving yeah <laughs> how the grieving process guys and how sometimes life isn't fair oh God, this got me. This is one of the best best issues of the week, for sure. It's just such a good flipping comic book. Yep. Everyone uh, should be reading it. Really, 100%. I, I, I hope this all gets collected in a big hardcover. I assume it will. I want, I want to see these uh, this art as big as possible. Absolutely. Um, I got, you, got, you got a few more that I didn't read? Yeah, yeah. So I read Death or Glory, um, issue five, which is uh, Rick Remender and Bengal. And this is the lady whose 
good at driving cars who lives um, outside of uh, n- normal society and she's trying to get a liver for her dad who needs a new liver but then don't have social security so they can't go to the hospital and so she has to raid her evil drug dealer ex-boyfriend's um, black market uh, keep going <laughs> place where they sell organs to get a new liver for her dad um and she's brought with her a dude who's trying to rescue his niece from uh sex slavery just your average typical rick remender comic but man look how look how nice the art is i really like bengal and the colors are like really gorgeous it's like this really intensely um gritty like disney cartoon cool what if disney cartoons were about um the the black market Bam- uh, kidneys and Bambi's, stuff like that. Bambi's father um, cheated on Bambi's mother <laughs> and we see Bambi's <laughs> dick in the silhouettes. <laughs> perfect. That's my perfect comic. Anyway, I really think this is great. It's very like fast-paced um, and it's, it's some good revenge shit. Awesome. I, like I also read uh, Stella, issue four by Joseph Keating with Brett Blevins. Um, so you're still reading this? Yeah, I like it. It's okay. like a good alternate universe superhero sci-fi thing. Okay. Um, it kind of reminds me of like Astro City vibes. As somebody right. who's never read Astro City, um, read one issue. <laughs> but it's such like it's so gorgeously illustrated, and it's it, they're they're sort of um, feeding information like world building to you so slowly that every every little bit that you get, you're like, ooh, tell me more. And Brett Blevins is so flipping good. Yeah, for someone who sounds like it's like what I give my name, fake name. My, my name as to cops when I'm drunk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll be like bland Drew Blevins. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nate always gives Mitch Mitch's name. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, um, I love this. I think it's great. <laughs> Almost as great as that fact. <laughs> Last one. Uh, Aphrodite 5 by Brian Hill. Jeff spoke. I feel like Aphrodite makes this show, like shows up on every episode. I know. There's, there's, a but, there's a buttload of Aphrodite comics at the moment. But this is like, uh, this is like Warren Ellis light, I would say. Hmm. But with cool, super inky, um, oh, who, who does it remind me of? I can't think of their name. The guy who did um, Seven Soldiers of Victory. Some uh, of the, like the Zatanna cover. Ryan Sook. Yeah, Ryan Sook vibes. Um, and it's cool, like, espionage, big business, capitalism, blah, 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 tech industry, blah, 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 superheroes. Like, at this lady's brain explode. Oh, cool. It's great. You like exploding brains? Maybe you'll like this one. Absolutely. Uh, finally, we both read Flavor, issue number five, written by Joseph Keating, with Wook Jin Clark uh, on art. And uh, Tamara Bombion on colors. Oh, yeah, of course, very important. And also, um, got to give a massive shout out to um, Ali Buzari, mm-hmm, who is mm-hmm. the um, their, their food consultant. Yep. Um, on, on this book, because this book is all about food. Um, and uh, Ali gives their um, guide to a doomsday pantry, which I think is actually the most helpful back matter I've ever seen in a com- comic book. 100%. This um, is basically uh, how I live my life. Yeah, it's really, really clever. I, and it was just like, for me, it was just like, oh, cool. I already do all this. I'm the best. <laughs> but basically, I'm so smart and it, good at cooking. If you, are, if you are someone that has not clicked how to have the things in your cupboard that so allow you to cook a meal, meal all the time. And like, these are also like, these always lead to good, good meals. Basically, yes. it's a guide. You need sour things. You need oily things. You need dry bulk things. You need crispy things. You need eggy things, pickly things, spicy things, umami things, and fragrant things. Um, wow. Wayne. 
for someone that we complain about so often on this podcast, he does Wayne a lot of good so. stuff. Good stuff for us. <laughs> I know. He doesn't an amazing now recording serious issues podcast. That's actually the first cartoon version of me that kind of looks like me. Yeah, it's pretty but good. It does not look like you. Though. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. You can't get my wonky eyes properly. In a <laughs> <laughs> wonky eyes. How are they wonky? Okay. I have one eye that's like can, like quite a bit smaller than the other, but it really nope. only shows up in photos. No, that's true. <laughs> okay, that's true. Let's I photograph up. extremely. Bring a ruler. But anyway, she gives much a, hotter in person. Um, Ali Buzari gives a a guide to like you know how to combine these different things in your yeah you know, I, I, in I, a I, bowl or in a taco. This is just Great. one page of the comic. The I know. Matter. The actual comic it's itself not even the comic. was uh, one of the best issues so far. Um, I was didn't I was a bit like confused after the end of last issue, but mm-hmm. this definitely filled. Um, Brought me up to speed. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, it's a there's a in, in this heightened world where where food rules all, and yep. you need licenses to cook particular things. Um, a uh, the daughter of a um, of a sick uh, mother and father who run a restaurant a and then are struggling um, is being is being entered um, semi semi against her will um, into a cooking competition by her brother who has uh, uncle. spent... Or, uncle, sorry. Who has spent all of the family's money to get her entry into this prestigious uh, cooking event. Oh, it's so good, it's really guys. Good. It's, it's gorgeous. The personalities of all the characters is, is great, and Wook Jin Clark's art is so cool. Even just, like, the background characters. Like, I hope we get to see every single person who's in this final page, because they all look super fleshed out and interesting. Yeah, all the other contestants for this upcoming food. Oh, man, we're going to get a food... Food contest like arc. Yeah. That's yep. so exciting. Yes, we are. Oh, what was that great? Battle Chef. Oh, yeah, yeah. That one that you really liked. Um, that kid's comic from Boombox. Yeah. I, I can't remember what it was called. The, the, you the, called it... You thought it was something funny. Uh, Chief Battle something... Chief, Battle Bri- Chef Bri- Brianna. Brianna, yeah. Yep. Battle Chef Brianna. Was it that one? Yeah. No, that's a different one. Oh. That, 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 there's one where it's like they're, they're in space. It's called like Space Food Battle or something oh, like that. Whatever. Whatever. That's really, great. really good. Anyway, this is like... A beautiful Miyazaki movie, but in comic form and yeah. about food. It's so good. Um, that is it for our image reviews. Now we move over to... Everything else. Everything else. Um, and we'll start with Dark Horse, because Dark Horse put out four wonderful comics that I read this week. Yeah. Um, and uh, the most incredible of these was Black uh, Age of Doom, issue number five, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by Dean Ormston and Dave Stewart on colours. There were multiple times when reading this issue that I had to, like, hold it open to uh, the canonically lovely Nate and go, look at it, look at this, and then put it down at the end and went, yeah. oh, God, so basically, I love this comic book. The rug has been pulled out from our characters and us, the reader, and we now learn the secrets of... The farm was never real. Um, and... Uh, Man, I don't want to go too deep into what we learned in this issue because uh, I know a lot of people read this in trade, but this was so satisfying. And also, like, I don't know where they go from no. here. Yeah. No! And it's like, it is this, again, it's like this this love letter to superhero comics. And you're like, oh, I've read every single superhero comic. There's nothing a superhero comic could offer to me anymore. But it just keeps getting, like, keeps highlighting different elements of superheroes that I love but in a totally new and creative way also I do know where we go from here we are getting a two issue arc starring Colonel Weird drawn by Rich Tommaso uh, yes yes <laughs> that's where we're going Just from look here at that cover come on Man. come on that's as good what as are you trying to get. do to me Jeff Lemire um, that we also get marry to, me in the, uh, in the back matter of all um, of all the Dark Horse books this week is uh an advertisement for a new Dark Horse comic called Gamma, which yes, is written please. by Ulysses Farinas and Eric Freitas, with a new artist called Melody Often, who I've never heard of before. But it's like apparently combining um, Pokemon and Power Rangers. I'm into it. 
I tried reading a Power Rangers book again this week. I got to stop doing it. I just don't understand. <laughs> because the art teams on the Boom Power Rangers yeah. books are so good. Yeah. Now look at this. I'll talk about it quickly here. Boom this week put out Go Go Power Rangers Back to School, number one. That sounds great. Yep, but the art on it... Sounds like Valiant High. It was all written by Marguerite Bennett, who I like. Yes. And then there's like... So you've got some amazing Derek Charm. Yes. Pan, uh, like, so basically it's a bunch of short stories. I might take this home and try and read it this week. Um, but like, so great Derek Charm. But then also like this character, artist called Zhao Tong Kong, okay. who does the Yellow Ranger um, story. And look how gorgeous the artwork is. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah, so I, look, if, if you have... You know how to draw a beautiful horse. Let's all, let's all try and read this this week. And maybe if, if I don't understand it, people can under, yeah, uh, explain it to Yeah, let's all try and read this. Go, 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 go Power Rangers, back to school number one. I'll do a bonus number one next week. I haven't even looked at what's going out next week. I assume it's fucking way too many books again. You but Black know. Hammer, Age of Doom, like, I don't think comics get more enjoyable than this for me. Like, yeah, it's what I wish really, all comics were as good as. Absolutely. I don't understand how Jeff Lemire writes so many good Good, 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 good comics. In this universe, I hope it just exists forever. Forever. This is, this is like, you know, I know you, I know you wrongly compared another book to Astro City earlier. But yes. this actually is like his take on Astro City. But better, mm, I assume. Definitely. Um, Ether, The Copper Golems, issue number five, written by Matt Kint with David Rubin on art. Uh, we've got the final issue of this one in which uh, a man is kind of like, uh, he, he travels from Earth to the ether which is a, a land of magic mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he basically he can do things in the ether that everyone in the ether can't um, and it's kind of his duty to kind of like bring order to certain elements of the ether but whenever he's with in the, science yeah exactly whenever he's in the ether though um, his time earth earth, t- earth time goes faster so whenever, each time he goes comes back um, he's been away for years and years, years and years, years. Yeah. and he always has to come back from the ether because he can't eat ether food he has to come back to eat um, and this story was like just kind of like a bit of fun, yeah. Until the end, which is like the biggest gut punch ever. Yes, um, which comes out of nowhere and sets up the next mini series for this uh, for this series. It's so good. It's so good. It's real tragic though the way this this this, uh, I know. this ended because this is like a mostly comedic five series, I know. five series, five issue mini series. But you know what I really like? I really like the angle of the daughter who is sad that her dad is going away and she knows she'll probably never see him again but she understands and she supports him for doing it yeah. you never get that it's always like how could you leave us blah 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 well, we didn't get that in that Black, Black Hammer exactly. Dr. Star book at all um, so I just think it's a really like it's it's heartbreaking it's really heart wrenching every single time you see her getting older and older and things are worse and worse for their family but man it is just and not, not only does she understand so but she also wants to do all she can to make it better for him yes, to do she's his job Devoted her life. Yeah. So good. Ugh, come on. Um, so like now like one of my most anticipated books is the next miniseries of Ether. Absolutely. So good. So good. Um, we got issue number six of seven of Osagi Yojimbo, The Hidden, this week, written and drawn by Stan Sakai. And uh, this was really good. Really good. Really good. Um, basically, uh, this is all about the introduction of Christianity to feudal Japan mm-hmm. um, and by way of a... Um, uh, a, a Christian Bible that has been translated um, into uh, uh, kata. I don't know. I'm, I'm to talk Japanese. So, yeah, sure, that works. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's obviously Christianity has been outlawed mm-hmm. during this time by penalty of death. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really great seeing Usagi's kind of like uh, values challenged by the police chief, who doesn't think anyone's anyone should. They should be judged by their beliefs, but not um, 
not killed because of them. Judged by their actions, actions not their right. beliefs. That's right. You're right. That's better. I love this. This is so gorgeous. So good. This is like your introduction to your story. I know. I feel like it's a really good one. Yeah, I know is. this is much more of a like traditional detective story than the comic usually is, but this is a really great jumping on point for people who haven't read Yusagi before. Um, and it's going to be such a perfect little seven issue arc. Yeah, definitely. And it looks wonderful. Sensakai is such a good cartoonist. I love angry Yusagi, Yojimbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's mad, it's like my favorite. So good. Um, and finally, from, uh, from Dark Horse, I read uh, Terminator Sector War, written by Brian Wood. Uh, with art by Jeff Stokely, set in 1984. This sees a, um, a, a female cop um, chased by a Terminator um, for because she, you know, spawns someone that fucks up the future. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, man, it's just a non-stop action. Basically, like, yeah. like Good? It, yeah, it's so good. Okay. Like, Terminator, the Terminator is, like, driving, like, a massive, uh, uh, like, heavy uh, pickup truck. Cool. Um, chasing down this cop um, and, like, crashing into a nightclub, trying to get her... And um, she has to enlist the help of a lo- local, of like the crime, crime lords, basically. Great. Because they have they're, they're the only ones with the weaponry, weaponry that can help her take a, take this Terminator down. Cool. It's really fun. It's so simple and good, and it's what this kind of story should be. Yeah, good fun. There's no like crappy time travel element to it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that's what I, I think is like. That's what ruins the Terminator movies when they like try and like I, I get he comes back in time. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, enjoyable issue. Yeah, cool. So uh, we're going to end the, the oh, episode quickly, just... on Strangers in Paradise before we get there. Right. I keep trying to sell people on this book, and to be honest, if I haven't sold you on it already, I'm probably never going to do it. But does the idea of a detective in ancient Rome appeal to you? No? Then look elsewhere. For the last time, Siobhan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is Britannia, written by Peter Milligan, with art by Robert Gill and Juan Castro and Brian Thies. Also colours by Jose Villarubia and Andrew Dollhouse. Um, and this is... The detective story set during Nero's, towards the end of Nero's reign, um, with there's this one guy who was taken in by the Vestal Virgins and taught how to be the first ever detective, but they call him a detectioner, which is kind of lame. But him and a female gladiator, who is from the previous story arc, are trying to find the, um, the big golden eagles that were the standards of Rome that have been lost. And that's a bad omen, guys. you got to find them. Otherwise, Nero's reign is over um and it's all kinds of sort of uh political machinations as well as um just some cool fighting and now they're in ancient they're in egypt guys i like it it's silly and goofy and the only other person i know who likes it is jim so it's a bit of a clearly it's a bit of an old nerd style comic but um, i really enjoy it (laughs) fantastic um a book that we both enjoy and jim too yes one of his favorites uh is strangers in paradise and um terry moore the creator artist and writer of Strangers in Paradise has brought it back for the 15th edition, 15th volume um, and uh, we're... 25th. 25th? Oh shit, yeah. I, I, I do not remember. Because it's also 25 years since um, the series first came out. Wow. Maybe if I read um, Britannia, I'd know more about Roman numerals. Look, I'm not saying that's why you should read it, but it might help. Um, so yeah, 20, we're 25 years, 25 volumes in of this excellent series and uh, basically we, we see our two characters, main characters in this book Kachu and um, Francine. Francine. Um, they now um, have kids, um, and Kachu has had to go off on a mission because this is actually a really crazy, like spy action book, posing as a romance book, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, or vice versa. Yes. Um, and uh, it's just it's all about like these like papyrus papyrus scrolls that belong to Cleopatra. That Cleopatra wrote, which um, pre, uh, which in introduces a kind of mathematics that is then used to make crazy nuclear weapons. Yeah. And, uh, man, it is, uh, 
such an incredible ride. Man. Uh, I just, this is, again, like, th- th- we got, there were a lot of excellent comics this week, and this was definitely one yeah. of my tops. This was such a, um, also such a, like, why is Terry Moore the best? Read this issue. Yes. Terry Moore's the flipping best. The panels where um, Kachu realizes that her former Parker girl's uh, colleagues are outside her house and threatening her wife and her children. Like, the, the sort of um, <laughs> extreme rage that he's able to uh, convey, especially in that double-page spread where it just says, kill Stephanie, and best, then she's still driving down the bottom. Best do- one of the best double-page spreads I've ever seen. Absolutely. Like, Terry Moore is just the man, and he's, he's been writing these characters for so well that they really, like, they really feel real. Like, Francine's real. The, I felt really sad about the stuff with her mum. Yes, totally. Yeah, I mean, that both both plot lines are as engrossing. Yeah. yeah. How? Yeah, I know, right? Man. It's like, yeah, you have this incredible spy thriller going on, and then you have Francine handing her mother, her mother uh, a leaflet for grandpa- Grandparents' Day next, next year, year. At, a, at a children's school. Being and like, you can't die yet. Those two things are, are equal. You yes. Know? And, and, and the, 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 the book treats them as so. And while this is something that will read incredibly in trade... Like, incredibly, yeah. Terry Moore also... Uses the format to the ultimate, to its utmost. Yep. Uh, and the and every single issue has the most intense um, cliffhanger. Like literally a, li- in this, this is issue. Literal, uh, this is a literal cliffhanger. Well, she's jumping. I mean, she's not hanging. She's yeah. She's jumped off a cliff. She's a cliff jump. It's a cliff jumper. You're right. Man, great though. So good. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love um, their kids. Uh, yeah, I love it. So good. I love how one of them looks like Kachu, the other one looks like Francine, yeah. and like, the other one's responsible, and the other one's a wild. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Ah, oh, you should all read Strangers in Paradise. Yeah. And, yep. and go-go Power Rangers back to school. <laughs> um, so, that was it. That was a really fun episode, Siobhan. Well done. Thank you. Um, hopefully, we get lots more dongs next week. I forgot to look at what's coming out, um, but I know it's something I'm not looking forward to that much. <laughs> oh, no. I am looking forward to it. Not to read it, but to hearing what you think oh, of yeah. the uh Oh, no. Is it the new Tom King, King thing? Heroes in Crisis? <laughs> Mm. Apparently, heaps of characters are going to die. Oh, and good. And Booster Gold plays a really large part in it, and he cannot write I that character at all. I love how he writes Booster Gold. Yeah, so that's coming out next week oh, uh, alongside well. many other books. Great, um, oh, just Ma- great. Man Eaters is coming out. Oh, Chelsea Kane. I am excited book. about that. You should support Chelsea Kane. Um, yeah, get to your local comic book store. She's, pick it up. She's had a shit run recently. Absolutely. And, uh, and she's like one of our favorite creators, even though she's done so few comics. Yeah. Um, uh, but Marvel are just big dicks to her. Would make, this would be a really great time for DC to jump on and offer her a book. Very good point. That would win them a lot of brownie points in my eyes. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, um, Get Man Eaters by Chelsea Kane's coming out through Image this week. It's apparently it's like a like a horror comedy for like that, that, that like teenage girls can read. Yes, please. About like... Um, women's periods turning them into literal monsters oh really yeah that sounds so fun I, know. I feel like not enough comics talk about periods I, I feel like I've mentioned that before uh, but everyone just give it a shot Man yeah come on number one let's all read it together absolutely I feel like we, don't, we very very rarely band behind a book in, in advance but I love Chelsea Kane yeah let's all give it a shot absolutely it is number one go buy it let's uh, do it find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash serious issues podcast or on Twitter at serious underscore underscore issues and uh, or send course. us an email serious issues at kingscomics.com <coughs> shout out to Daniel thanks for the email this week for telling us we were wrong I love it my favourite kind of email and she doesn't forward it to me I love that too um, and we're individually at Siobhan CBG and at Levdog on uh, Twitter and Instagram thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week thanks guys bye 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 man eaters nice
podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.